There are a few things that set Ottawa-based Pronto Forms apart. It's longevity. It's been around for 20 years. It's stability. It's still led by the founder 20 years later. And it's status. It's a small cap publicly traded company. There are a few of them in Ottawa. Today, we talk with Alvera Pombo. All of this on Techopia Live. Hello and welcome. I'm Michael Curran. This is a bonus episode of Techopia Live. I'm supplementing the work of our regular host, Sherry Ask. I'm doing a series of year-end interviews on some of Ottawa's most intriguing technology companies. And today I'm really excited to speak with someone. I don't, I, we might have bumped into each other on occasion, but I don't know him very well. So uh, looking forward to, uh, to this interview. He is the longtime CEO of a very established tech company. In fact, I could almost call him a technology sector veteran as it applies to Ottawa. And this is a company that has created a low code development application, a platform for other people to build apps for employees that work in the field. And we'll understand what that means in just a second. Let's, uh, let's welcome our CEO right now. Here is Alvaro Pombo. Hey, Michael. Thank there you. There you are. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate oh. the opportunity. Yeah, listen, it's uh, both of us have been kind of working in the tech sector for 20 years, me and on the reporting side, you running actual companies. Uh, but this is uh, this is great to have you on the show, uh, Alvaro. I'm, I'm really excited to speak with you. So I, I hope that everyone knows who Pronto Forms is, but if they don't, give us the elevator pitch. Yeah, look, uh, uh, Michael, the Pronto Forms, we're in the business of helping those people in the field, the guys with the hard hat and the steel toes, et cetera, et cetera, making their life more efficient and safely by using apps, automation, workflows that uh, enhance their day-to-day -day life. That's what we do. That's how our mission in life. And you've been doing it, uh, Alvaro, for a long time, in fact. You, you guys were founded in uh, 2001, if I remember correctly, and you've been the CEO the whole time. So <laughs> tell us that story. I mean, that... it would probably take 15 minutes to tell, but give us the short version. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 1960. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Here, look, I'm a, a quick story. I mean, the accent, Colombian. I moved to Ottawa 30 winters ago. I used to be a... I uh, came to do an MBA after working for several years with uh, Exxon uh, in uh, different places. And I ended up uh, living in Ottawa, looking for much better weather than Bogota, Colombia. And uh, I found it. So uh, I decided. I think that's sarcasm, by the way, when you said that. Sorry for interrupting. But <laughs> I love please it. continue. I love it. You have to, you have to enjoy life. Uh, otherwise, what do you do? So uh, now here's the story. So I was the CIO for Newbridge and Alcatel. After we sold the company, I was part of the management team, sold the company to Alcatel. And right after that, I ended up with a very fancy, interesting job in Paris, which I decided not to take. And um, I wanted to start a company, a company dealing with what? The challenge was 
field people that I saw many of them at uh, Exxon. I was in field automation all my life at Exxon. I wanted to help them and I wanted to help them by having a capability that will help automating, but automating not from an IT perspective. I was a CIO and I said, cannot be driven by the center of the universe because it doesn't work like that in the field. Um, so I wanted to help those guys at the edge of the organization with something easy in the same way Office did it for you or for us in white-collared workers, uh, for people in the at the edge of the organization. So we created this very simple, scalable capability that allows the people at the edge to build automation fast and easily. Then, as everything in life, it found a great word, low-code, no-code, and all sorts of fancy stuff that analysts and gardeners and everybody uh, now appraise. But uh, we've been in that business for many years, and um, the way we build the company has taken a while to get to where we are, but we're in a very good spot, and it's been a, a beautiful journey. And, and I should pause for a second and say happy anniversary, because you actually did celebrate, uh, I guess, during the pandemic, you celebrated your 20th anniversary, is that right? Yeah, 25 years of age myself and 20th for the company, so <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Michael. You know what? It's been a... I'm very proud of what we've accomplished the way we've accomplished it. Yeah. And and we're going to talk about the product in a minute. But before we get there, Alvaro, I was just hoping you could give us a sense of like the size of the company, uh, the number of clients, number of offices, where you're focused around the world. Give us kind of that brief on the company itself. Yeah, look, I mean, it's uh, the I'll add one piece to the historical aspect of it. We overshoot this market, okay? We thought that Palm devices, Rim devices, uh, Windows C devices, I mean, for anybody and Nokia devices, they were going to revolutionize the world. The reality is they didn't, only until iOS really came into the picture is that the enterprises decided to, and the iPad in particular, that they decide to create and use this kind of capability. So we, we started too early. That's the bottom line of it. So a little bit more on the company and throughout that journey. I mean, 165 people hiring uh, quite as fast as anybody can these days. And um, Ottawa-based, we've been headquartered and the main groups, uh, group uh, is in Ottawa. Uh, we have people operating in the UK and in the US. Uh, we have revenue coming from many countries and the product being used by, I don't know, about 75 different countries the, the product is used and revenue coming from about 30, 25 con, uh, countries. And we're now starting to develop more that go to market into other uh, countries directly because we go primarily through partners. So our sale is primarily direct to large enterprises. And throughout the history, we got a little bit of a small businesses and medium businesses. So we got at some point to have about 2,500 customers of which the reality is that we focus on the large enterprises. We have about 160, 180 large enterprise customers and uh, commercial and enterprise is our market. So that's more or less the taxonomy, the kind of high level view of, uh, of uh, the company and the customers. That's awesome. Uh, and we're going to dig into that market opportunity in a second. I just wanted, when, when you said um, uh, that you're hiring, you've, you have a very funny Irishman on staff that did a funny, very, very funny recruitment video. So uh, I, I thought that was very clever. I, I was watching it in the past couple of days. So congratulations on having a little bit of fun uh, with that, Alvaro. Uh, and listen, before we talk about your product, Alvaro, I just want to pause for a second to recognize a sponsor of today's show, uh, Pearlie Robertson, Hill & McDougall. 
tech companies must move at the speed of light, and they need a law firm that moves just as fast. Curly Robertson Hill & McDougall has developed long-standing expertise in helping tech companies address their legal matters. As Ottawa's largest, premier, full-service law firm, Curly Robertson Hill & McDougall has provided a number of specialized legal services for the past 50 years. Curly Robertson Hill & McDougall's in-house legal experts can help tech companies with financing strategies, venture capital, private placements and public offerings, mergers and acquisitions, intellectual property protections, shareholder agreements, and much more. To learn more about how Pearlie Robertson Hill & McDougall can help your company, visit perlaw.ca. All right, Alvaro, so as promised, I want to dig into this market opportunity, this business problem that you're trying to solve, and you've referred to it a few times. So I'm understanding that you guys have built a platform and, and that plat companies can use that platform to, to build forms that are used, uh, mobile forms specifically, that are used by workers out in the field. So tell us a little bit yeah. more about this business problem yeah. that you're trying to uh, solve. Look, the, the problem manifests itself in forms, but it's a lot bigger than that. They're little apps at the end of the day. Forms, if you look at what happened, is the way the field represents eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper full of ink, and they don't work very well. You cannot skip, you cannot do many things. So when you liberate them from that piece of paper, they become apps. That's really what they are. So our capability basically has a lot of strength on the, you have to think about the people in the field. They are going to climb a pole to check a transformer. If they don't climb it right, they won't climb it again. Okay, history. I mean, at that point, something will happen to them. So when you think about people in the field, they have safety and efficiency. These guys constantly evolve their, the way they climb the pole. They constantly learn things. They constantly change the way they do it. Because these people decided at the same time that you and I decided to go into an office in high school, they decided to go in the field. They decided to go and be exposed to the elements, be in front of a customer. So they're driven in a different way. So when you think about them, you kind you realize that the requirements for automation for them are very different than for everybody else. So we hone down, down that trait. I mean, um, ultimately it means connectivity is not always available. Sometimes you're in a basement. Sometimes you have great five bars in your telephone. Um, the amount of data that has to be ingested has to be ingested easily. I cannot ask a guy to fill up every single piece of information. There are IoT sensors now in the field. You want to listen to them, get data from them to do what? Decision making at the edge. I mean, because at the end of the day, everybody wants to have a safe delivery of a heck of an experience for those customers. And these people are at the edge. So we're gurus at that. And we try to keep that in a simple way, we don't try to do the back office system, all the complicated stuff. The ERP component of it is done by other people. We're at the edge helping those ERPs and many other processes being executed. It's, it, that's that flexibility that's really cool. And by the way, I was watching a, a use case video. I think it was Johnson Controls, I, if I got yeah. that right. Uh, and one of the things, there was a couple of things I noticed in this video, a testimonial from one of your customers. Well, first he said, paper is the devil. Uh, you know, yeah. like if, if you've got technicians out in the field, whether it's oil and gas, or in this case, 
you know, maybe it's HVAC or something like that. Like you do not want things written on paper because quite frankly, the, the information just stops there, Alvaro. So I thought that was cool. The other thing they say was cool is they said it took longer to whiteboard the what they wanted on the form than to build the form. Right. So I, I think when you guys say low code development, it really kind of came into focus with me like, oh, wow, like you can it, it's going to take longer to determine what data we're trying to collect than actually build that form. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Look, it's, there is there is something I mean, as I said at the beginning, I mean, the world has to be rebuilt. OK, just because of environmental concerns, because of we finally understand what field people do. And because of automation is now going to the edge. But as you rebuild the world, you better rebuild it doing it right. OK, and doing it safely and doing it uh, with the right uh, environmental premises in place. And this trillion dollar investments that everybody's making, they're not billions, they're trillions. They end up in all of our customers, thank God, okay? And as you're rebuilding that world, it's like automating the office in 1990, 1980. Uh, it was, we're at that stage of the automation with much better tools that enable us to do a lot of what I'm describing. So uh, it's ultimately about those, I mean, the Johnson controls, we have many other public testimonials. What they love about this thing is that is is not IT who's building, I'm an IT guy, okay? So I'm not criticizing them. Is they're up to their ears. They cannot deliver what they need. And when you are trying to put a Java developer at the edge of Northern Ontario, impossible to hire one, first of all. So at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is enable the right people to do what? Digital transformation, buzzword these days, but very true and very real. And what we found is that in a lot of those customers, we're not talking about tens of workflows. We're talking about hundreds, in some cases, thousands of workflows. So once we bring the product in, we usually come through a small use case in the line of business. And as you go inside, people start saying, hey, you know what? I need more of this, but it's not for this region. We're going to do this across the continent. And then they say, hey, there was an accident. This is a real case of one of our customers. There was an accident in Hong Kong that could have been prevented by an elevator company, which is one of, we have quite a few in that category. And they said, we want to use the same that the US did. So it sounds easier that those are geographical expansions. But then within those organizations, there are multiple workloads that can be helped by the same capability. And that's the trade that we're trying to hone down and uh, explore in a better way. Because in expansions in enterprises, it's a different game. Getting in is hard. I'm not going to say it's easy. But expanding is the beauty and where the growth and the numbers are. It, it sounds like your customers really become your internal uh, champions. You know, So they, they get a taste of it and they're like, oh, my God, we could yeah. roll this out in all these different ways. So Alvaro, uh, this is the first of uh, a two-part interview. So we're going to pause our uh, interview right here and uh, wrap up the show. And uh, we'll see you in just a couple of weeks. So thank you very much for this time, Alvaro. It's been great talking to you. And we'll we'll get right to uh, part two uh, quite soon. Uh, so for those of you watching, we do want to recognize some of the great sponsors that are with us here uh, today that support Techopia Live. Uh, let's recognize them right now. Techopia is brought to you by many great sponsors, such as Number Crunch, offering virtual CFO services for SaaS companies, Pearlie Robertson Hill & McDougall, a leader in business and technology sector law, TD Bank, 
specialized programs for technology companies, the University of Ottawa Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent. Techopia is not only a podcast, we post new articles daily at obj.ca slash techopia. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, you can find Techopia at Techopia O-T-T. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell icon. A big thank you again to Alvaro Pombo from Pronto Forms. That was, again, part one. Part two had lots of fun in part one and looking forward to part two, where we're going to talk about the company's financials. We're going to talk about what it's like for Alvaro to run a Ottawa-based publicly uh, traded company. There's not many of them these days. And we're going to talk about the complexity of business development in his business. So thank you very much for watching this episode. Please stay tuned for part two. Please stay safe. Hope to stay connected. Bye-bye.